Blog Talk Radio. We live! We're live! Live from Chicago and Las Vegas. You're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's page one. It's page one. With LaVar and Mary. With LaVar and Mary. Thank you for being with us, and good night, everybody! Oh, better late than never, but welcome to another edition of Page One, Blog Talk Radio Nation. So good to be with you on this Friday night, May 12th, 2023. Um, what can I say? I think we're at the halfway point of May. Um or May. Yes, it's gotta be May. <laughs> How are you, my friend? I am uh I'm I'm sleep deprived, but I'm really happy, I'm really excited, I'm really just yeah. Yeah, Aren't we all? Of the Well you have a very good reason for being sleep deprived. Um Yes. For all those gamers out there, if you want to explain your uh, joyfulness, uh, go ahead. <laughs> it is Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom release day. And I am so excited because release in the United States for pre-orders happened at midnight, but then it happened at midnight Eastern time. So that meant I got it yesterday night, last night at 9 p.m. And I have been basically... I think I got an hour. <laughs> I think I got an hour nap. Nope, I had two one-hour naps and one two-hour nap. So I've had four hours of sleep in the last forty-eight hours, and I'm I'm okay with it. I'm I'm a hundred percent okay with it. <laughs> uh, I'm sitting here shaking my head at you, but you know, here's the thing. I I remember being excited when I first got the Nintendo as a young lad. And I remember my mom was worried about us wanting to be on that thing like all night long. And I remember we got it. And for the first seven or eight hours, we, I don't even think we took a bathroom break. We were too busy playing Nintendo. I do remember my, you know, like we talked carpal tunnel. I'm surprised your hands probably aren't like shaped like the control. They will be by the end of the weekend. I promise. <laughs> Is there like gamer gloves that you could wear? Yeah, they're called arthritis gloves. No. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not. A, I haven't really played a video game in years. I would think like to combat that though, like that carpal tunnel from playing video games. There's got to be like so. You know, like mm-hmm. athletes do their thing. Don't gamers have something for like their hands or wrists or whatever? Yeah. The, I mean, as much as I'm giggling about it, it really is carpal, the carpal tunnel arthritis gloves that are out there. Those are the best gloves for gamers. Well, I, I learn something new all the time. I, I, I didn't know because I would think that the, 
because you hear like some of these stories of where people played games for like 24 or 30 hours and it like affected their health and they had to be, they had to go to the hospital. And I was like, that's just insane. Uh, <laughs> so I don't understand it, but um, I mean, I get it. You know, if there's a particular game that you're a fan of, I think that if, or when, because I think it is coming back, I'm pretty sure when NCAA football comes back onto the game system, you're going to get a ton of people who will stay up. I mean, I can tell you I've stayed up, like, entire nights playing, like, seasons of, like, football or baseball. Because in the baseball games, used to take about an hour, hour and some odd minutes. So if you're playing like at least two or three games, like I played when I had MLB, uh, the last one years ago, um, at the time I wasn't working. So what I would do to while away the hours was I'd play about three or four games a year. And if you're playing a full 162 game season, think about the many man hours that you had to do. And I played about 12, 14 seasons worth of games. That's a lot of hours. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and Tears of the Kingdom, uh, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is the follow-up for uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which was the first time in a 3D game that Legend of Zelda was an open-world game. Basically, once you got past the tutorial stage, however you want, and this is, and it's huge. Just the maps are huge. The 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 ways that you can do it just vary so significantly. Um, people are going through the tutorial, and and it's taking time because they're starting over. You know, um, so it's taking hours, two, three, four hours, depending on level of you know how well you play to get through just the tutorial stage. And kiddo and I, my kiddo and I, this is our thing. This is like we share this. We we sit down. We have, you know, one person's watching all the things on the screen while the other person's actually playing, and, and we both have a copy of it, and it's something that we share. So on top of just the excitement of being a big Zelda fan, we also get, I also get to share that with my kid and, and be able to have one thing. I, I know I have more than one thing, but just I have at least I know one thing that I can hold on to and be like, hey, you want to play Legend of Zelda? And it's always going to be us. And it's always going to be cool, you know, and it's going to be our thing. So, yeah, super excited, kind of caffeinated. Sorry if I'm a little dirty. <laughs> So last week there was alcohol. This week it is coffee. <laughs> I rolled some tea in there. Okay. Monster energy drinks. Yes. <laughs> I used to get know a guy that drank energy drinks like throughout the day. And I was like, that can't be good for your system. Probably had ADHD. Needed the caffeine to calm his mind down. I know that sounds weird, but it's so it's so true. If you have ADHD, the caffeine actually helps kind of quiet the nerves. I guess. Uh, I, I didn't know that it's, that was a thing. 
that's the thing. A hundred percent caffeine quiets the nerves. You always learn something interesting on the show. So <laughs> this is this is of course your source for all the news and topics that you probably didn't know. So yes, that's 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 an interesting <laughs> thing for me. Um, I had on the show tonight. Uh, coming up here in mere moments, we'll have tonight's almanac. Uh, we also will have uh, we have I haven't done a commentary in a while. Uh, this one was about one that I kind of took personally. Um, if you know me and you know uh, my many loves on this show, I was kind of taken aback by something that a Hall of Fame uh, basketball player said this week. And, yeah, I think he's kind of wrong. I hope he is. But it also kind of brings up the sad part about how our world now is. But I'll explain a lot more of that in tonight's commentary. Uh, also ahead, Retro Bubble of the Week, we'll have a live look at what's trending on Twitter. Uh, also, uh, Potpourri Night tonight, we've got some stories for you, and uh, we're going to do our After Dark segment. Uh, we've got a few things that we didn't get a chance to talk about here in the last couple of weeks, and we've got some things from the Smoking Gun Files, so uh, hopefully a good show for all of you. Hopefully you'll enjoy. Glad that you're with us on this Friday night. Um, day is the... Um, as we said, it's it's May. <laughs> uh, it is the 12th. Uh, I will tell you a funny story. Uh, and by the way, this is Mother's Day weekend, so I hope that all of you, uh, if you have an opportunity, call your mom. Um, even if you are not talking, which I don't see how you could not be talking to the woman that gave birth to you unless she just totally flat out did you wrong and told you don't talk to her, but even then. Um, I don't. I, I never get how people can be mad at the people who bought them into this world and trade them, like, unless they did wrong to them, you know? Um, there's a lot of silly arguments sometimes in which you won't talk to your parents, but at the end of the day, you know, you only get one mom, you know? Um, or biological dad. Um, so life is too short. Uh, spend all of your time with them. Call your mom on Mother's Day. Thank her for all the things that she did. Uh, if we had to d- give moms an actual paycheck for being a mom, it would never be enough. So, um, so yeah. But uh, May 12th, <laughs> my mom actually went to the store uh, I'm pretty sure she'll love this story. Uh, you know, our braids are programmed here. I don't know. And I was with her. And, and I had to think and stop and think about it when she said it. She said, you know, I went to the store. And she's like, I looked and she bought some eggs. Uh, or she, looked, she was looking at eggs. And the uh, date on the eggs was June 12th. And she was like, why would there be eggs that expire today on the shelf? And she says, I left them there and I went home. And I was like, no. She's like, this, I thought about it. She was like, oh, it's only, well, it was yesterday. She's like, it's only the 11th of May. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, a part of our brains kind of persuade us that it's probably either later than what we think it is, never earlier. But our brains do do that funny thing where, you know, for a while I had to stop and think sometimes like, oh, yeah, it's only May. It's not June. Um, or it's not. Friday, it's only Wednesday. <laughs> right. 
which is why I wonder why our brains do that. I was stuck in April for a while. Yeah, you know. Uh, I don't know why our brains do that. And sometimes, too, our brains stick us in the year before. We keep thinking if we see things, it's still 2022, but it's 2023. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it works. But anyway, uh, today, May 12th, is National Sapphire Segula Day. And I think we talked about this last week. National MECFS Awareness Day. It's International Nurses Day. National Fibromyalgia Awareness Day. It's also National Nutty Fudge Day, National Odometer Day, National Limerick Day, uh, National Military Spouse Appreciation Day, and National Provider Appreciation Day. May 13th is National Dog Moms Day. It is National Crouton Day, National Archery Day, National Train Day. I actually do a lot of trains, and I'm, I'm, I'm always in awe of trains. Um. I always wanted a train set, never got one. And I will tell you, if you really want to be in awe, uh, the Henry Ford Museum in Detroit has, uh, besides a lot of cars, they also have in the museum actual trains from different uh, eras. And if you want to be dwarfed by something and, like, feel just, like, an awestruck, uh if you have a chance to go there, see the trains and also the, the giant train uh, model train collection that they have. Um, it's an amazing thing to see. And, and you look at these trains and you wonder just how back then, I mean, these things are tall as like buildings, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's awesome. Uh, I've never done a train ride across the country. Um, but I heard that one of the most beautiful train rides that I saw it on uh, the internet was a ride between it was in some part of California up to Washington, um, and just seeing the sight lines of the trip along the way uh, seems like a pretty cool thing to do. So the longest train ride I've been on. You know, I have to double check. I have to stop and think. Was one from Chicago um, mm-hmm. to St. Louis? I've been on that one. <laughs> and that Don't. was going over that big, going over the bridge, over the Mississippi. It, it was. There, I got some fond memories from that ride. None of them really are about the scenery because I was younger. It was more mm-hmm. along the lines of making fun of my sisters. Because they have fears of things, and it was fun. <laughs> the one thing I learned about that, don't buy the food on a train. Overpriced. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is also a favorite thing of mine's tomorrow. It's National Miniature Golf Day. Uh, but, love but. Me, yeah, love me some miniature golf. Uh, it is National Babysitter's Day. It is National Birth Mother's Day. Uh, Stamp Out Hunger Food Drive Day is tomorrow. It's National Fruit Fruit Cocktail Day. National Apple Pie Day. National Frog Jumping Day. And it is Cornelia DeLonge Syndrome Awareness Day. Uh, That is also tomorrow. I can see the look in your eyes asking, what is that? 
Um, yes. uh, I think mark looks at my face. <laughs> it is an often misdiagnosed little-known syndrome. What it is, or CDLS for short, it causes a range of physical, cognitive, and medical challenges. It's a genetic disorder that, even though present at birth, is not always diagnosed at birth. Um, it can lead to developmental abnormalities affecting an estimated 1 in 10,000 to 30,000. Uh, it often goes undiagnosed without the correct testing. Some testing via ultrasound exam can occur before birth. However, most of the testing takes place after the uh, birth. Uh, what doctors will do is that they'll measure the limbs, head, and face, as well as check for cleft palate, uh, diaphragmatic hernia, cognitive uh, heart disease, and other uh, gastrointestinal abnormalities. Uh, for those who are present with mild symptoms, the next test that may be uh, necessary. Um, many who have it are unaware that they even have it. So, yeah, it is, um, I guess, a combination of some of those things. But that is what that is, and that is coming up here soon. Um, and then on the... I talked about Saturday, but then coming up on Sunday, of course, we said it's Mother's Day. It is National Decency Day. It's also National Buttermilk Biscuit Day. <laughs> um, mm, National, yes, National Underground America Day. And it is National Dance Like a Chicken Day. Okay. <laughs> uh May 15th, Bring Flowers to Someone Day. It is International Kangaroo Care Awareness Day. Now, with that, what we're talking about, it advocates uh, and raises awareness for skin-to-skin contact, uh, also known as kangaroo care. Uh, Skin-to-skin contact encourages everyone to embrace the important practice between newborns and mothers immediately after birth, especially those in the neonatal intensive care unit. So that is coming up. Uh, International Day of Families, National Nylon Stocking Day, uh, which is also a fetish with some, uh, <laughs> is coming up. Uh, you said, ooh, uh, I take it you are a fan? <laughs> of nylon stockings? Yeah, they feel nice. I'm not even lying. <laughs> I, they really do feel good on me. Um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't know. Uh, <laughs> um, National Chocolate Chip Day and uh, Peace Officers Memorial Day uh, on Tuesday. It's National Classic Movie Day. Uh, do you have a favorite classic movie? Uh, a few. I have few. Um, the one that we watch every year is Holiday Inn. That's something that uh, another thing that Kiddo and I share. Um, but I am I'm a big fan of the early Danny Kaye movies. So like when he was Hans Christian Andersen and oh god, some of the other ones that he did, uh, White Christmas before Color, mm-hmm. White Christmas was color, colorized. But I was a big Danny Kaye fan. So okay. things Danny Kaye. Oh yeah, I was gonna say actually I'm a huge Marx Brothers fan. Um, also, yeah, also good. <laughs> uh, and I guess other classic movies, um, 
I just recently, and I think I mentioned it on the show, had a chance to finally watch in full uh, Casablanca, which is very good. Um, I think in that movie, now that we know Humphrey Bogart, Humphrey Bogart played Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, he did. <laughs> and one of my other favorite classic movies, which I always talk about, which is on my list of top five of all time, 12 Angry Men. Um, oh, that is a good one as well, yeah. Yes. So maybe I will watch a classic movie here this weekend. Uh, it, Tuesday is also National Check Your Wipers Day. So if you haven't done that, it's a good time to. Uh International Day of Living Together in Peace, which actually should be every day. Uh, International, yeah, International Day of Light. It's also National Mimosa Day. So before uh, work on Tuesday, go and get yourself a mimosa. Uh, don't tell also, your boss. Yeah, don't tell your boss. It's uh, also National Barbecue Day. Um. It is National Piercing Day. It is Honor Our LGBT Elders Day. It is National Do Something Good for Your Neighbor Day. National Biographers Day. It's National Sea Monkey Day. And National <laughs> Love a Tree Day. Sea <laughs> <Hey>, monkeys. <laughs> Did you ever buy any? <laughs> no, but I still think they're hilarious. <laughs> uh, Wednesday, it's World Telecommunication and Information Society Day, World Hypertension Day, National Idaho Day. Thank you for your potatoes, Idaho. Uh, it is National Graduation Tassel Day. Do you still have your tassels from your various stages of graduation? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I, have- I do. I had my grammar school, high school, and college. You had a tassel in grammar school? Yes, we did. Oh, my gosh. No, all I have is high school and college, but and I also have, you know, kiddos from high school and waiting on the college one. So, Actually, funny story, I still have my cap and gown from all three as well. School is one of those schools that I complained about that they did too much. Well, it wasn't bad for a school in the city of it wasn't bad for a school in the city of Chicago because at the time uh, my grammar school was one of the best uh, academic schools in Chicago, and it was actually the first stop on uh, Bill Clinton's campaign tour when he started his run for president. Chicago, when he came to Chicago, it was his first stop. Um, so yeah, um, but yeah, we were one of the best schools in Chicago at that time. Uh, yeah, so I still have mine. Uh, Emergency Medical Services for Children Day, National Walnut Day. It's also National Cherry Cobbler Day. And even though I wish it was what I thought it was, it's National Pack Rat Day. <laughs> Not Rat Pack Day, but it's Pack Rat Day. <laughs> uh, Thursday is International Museum Day. It's National Cheese Souffle Day, uh, National No Dirty Dishes Day. <laughs> it is well, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's not happening in my house. 
<laughs> it's National Visit Your Relatives Day and National HIV Vaccine Awareness Day. And then to give you a heads up to next Friday. Next Friday is National Endangered Species Day, National Defense Transportation Day. It's National May Ray Day, National Devil's Food Cake Day, National Bike to Work NASCAR Day, and National Pizza Party Day. Okay. Pizza Party. Yes, all of that is coming up soon. Uh, But that is a look at the almanac. Um, So, yeah, but um, that's what's coming ahead. Uh, I, since we're kind of starting late tonight, I'll forego uh, any topic one until we start doing the potpourri uh, after the retro moment of the week. But before we get to retro moment of the week, uh, I will do my commentary tonight. And of course, as always, commentaries are uh, totally, I haven't done this in so long. I was going to say commentaries are totally of my own. It does not reflect the opinions or views of my co-host or anyone associated or affiliated with the program. <laughs> um, but wanted to kind of talk a little bit shortly tonight about some comments that were made this week during a podcast. Uh, NBA Hall of Famer Charles Barkley, uh, he couldn't fathom why anyone would want to listen to a sports broadcast on the radio. Shockingly enough for Charles, who uh, really in the pre-cable era or any uh, major network TV era for (laughs) the NBA in that early 80s, uh, a lot of games were listened to on the radio. But anyway, you know, in the almost 90-plus years that we've had TV and pretty much almost for 50-plus years of cable, these last few generations have been pretty much, I guess, spoiled by seeing the sights and sounds than just using their imagination and listening. But quite a few of us uh, were still enjoying and listening to things on the radio. And for sure, uh, those who aren't near TV, it's the only way for it sometimes. You know, uh, many of my years in broadcasting, uh, you know, radio uh, was one of the things that I enjoy and still do. And many of my heroes, such as Ben Scully, Jack Buck, Jim Durham, if you don't know who they are, look them up, uh, came from radio. It kind of sad to me that his thoughts, you know, are probably shared by a lot more newer generations um, who don't realize the power of hearing radio and not having a television. You know, I remember, and if you permit me, the cause of Jack Buck, as I just mentioned, had a wonderful speech when he was inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame. His words on radio goes as such as this, and hopefully I do him no shame. He said, turn the radio on. You'll hear a friend. You'll enjoy. You'll learn. You'll imagine. Turn the radio on. In your home, in your car, in prison, on the beach, in a nursing home, you will not be alone. You will not be lonely. He says, newspapers fold. Magazines come and go. Television self-destructs. Radio remains the trusted common denominator in this nation. 
you know, perhaps Charles forgets in his early days, like I said, before the cable's vast outreach, a lot of his games were heard that way. I hope any of you who are younger and who still have an opportunity to listen, you can use your imagination and, quote, your vision by listening to the radio. Hopefully it'll never die. Hopefully Chuck is wrong. And maybe, just maybe, one day he will sit down and actually hear some of the greatest things that happened on the radio before his time and realize how it set the pace and how it set the tone for what you have now. That's tonight's commentary. Retro Moment of the Week is next. We'll be back on the other side with Potpourri and Expanded After Dark Talk tonight, which I am sure that Mary is glad of. <laughs> and Absolutely. I love After Dark. And we'll have uh, a live look at Twitter as well as our Spoken Gun report. But tonight's Retro Moment of the Week will have kind of a theme. If you can catch it, good for you. You're listening to page one with Laura Mary here on Blog Talk Radio. We're here to gently remind you that you can depend on your mom. Philips Milk of Magnesia, the laxative for dependable overnight relief. It helps your body work naturally, so it's gentle. Nobody treats you better than mom. Mom knows best. Leave it to mom. Sears Super Values and Super Timing, too. I'll do the dishes. I'll do the dishes. No, it's Mother's Day. Let mom do the dishes. Surprise! Three-level wash, power miser, pots and pan cycle, water miser. Save $50 on Sears built-in and portable dishwashers. The values are super, and so's the timing. I'll do the dishes. Now a brief intermission, in which the Campbell kids discover that mother knows best. Mmm, good. Johnny came calling one Sunday. The girl of his dreams was so sweet. She served him some wonderful dishes. Mmm, but he found the meal incomplete. No soup? Good day, Irene, good day. Goodbye, Eastside. To get the punch of soup for lunch, I'll seek another bride. Oh, what a wailing and sighing. Oh, what shall I do, Mother dear? Just reach for some soup from the soup shelf. You'll soon have your Johnny back here. Did someone say soup? Soup and a salad, delicious. Soup and a sandwich is great. Soup for lunch is nutritious. Yes, you are my favorite date. Now they're a family, one happy bunch. And every day you'll hear them say, let's have soup. Oh, lunch. Mm, good. How's this for lunch or light supper tomorrow? Lean, tender pieces of beef, plus juicy golden egg noodles and rich, full-flavored beef stock. That's Campbell's Beef Noodle Soup, a grand lunch or light supper. You're listening to Page One. Page One. With LeVar and Mary. Your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's LaVar and Mary.
Welcome back to page one of our Marriott this Friday night, uh, the 12th of May, 2023. By the way, um, if you get in trouble for getting your mom a <laughs> – you get in trouble for getting her an appliance, uh, we did not tell you to do that. <laughs> yeah, the whole I'll do the dishes thing? Nah, it's Mother's Day. Y'all are doing the dishes. <laughs> You could tell that commercial was for the 1970s for Sears. Uh, <laughs> my, how that did not age. Um, no, it did not. And also, if you missed the Phillips Milk of Magnesia, perhaps two of the most known mothers of television history were in that one. It was, if you heard the little uh, kind of joke at the end or inside joke, uh, it was Barbara Billingsley of Leave It the Be- uh, Beaver fame and J- uh, Jane Wyatt of Father Knows Best. So when she said Mothers Know Best and then she said Leave It to Mom, that was the little play on that. Uh, and then, of course, the Campbell Soup where Mom Knows Best. So if you don't lose your potential bow, you serve them soup and salad. <laughs> yeah. That didn't work for me. <laughs> Oh, man, how some of these commercials did not age well. Um, But anyway, I digress. So (laughs) there were a couple of things um, that in the potpourri section of tonight, and one in which uh, really the story is still developing, and I was kind of surprised at this, Uh, and not to make fun of it in any way because it is serious, but – uh, the story out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, uh, that McDonald's and a franchise holder are at fault. After a hot chicken McNugget from a Happy Meal fell onto a little girl's leg and caused second-degree burns, a jury in South Florida found them guilty. A second jury is going to determine that how much McDonald's and the franchise owner of Church Foods will have to pay the child and her mother. Now, Thursday's decision was split with jurors finding the franchise holder liable for negligence and failure to warn customers about the risk of hot food, and McDonald's USA liable for failure to provide instructions for safe handling of food. Uh, McDonald's was not found to be negligent, and the jury dismissed the argument that the product was defective. Uh, this was an unfortunate incident, but we respectfully disagree with the verdict, according to McDonald's USA. Our customers should continue to rely on McDonald's to follow policies and procedures for serving chicken nuggets safely. Now, the jury heard two days of testimony and arguments about the 2019 episode that left the four-year-old girl with the burned upper thigh before finding McDonald's to blame. Uh, Fulana Holmes testified that she bought Happy Meals for her son and daughter at a drive through window at a McDonald's in uh, Tamarack near Fort Lauderdale. She said she handled the food to her children who were in the back seat. After she drove away, her daughter started screaming. The mother testified she didn't know what was wrong until she pulled over to help the girl identified in court, and I won't say her name, but she saw the burn on the girl's leg and took photos of her iPhone, which included audio clips of the child's screams. Uh, the sound of the girl's screams were played in court. The child, who was autistic, did not testify. Lawyers for McDonald's noted that the food had to be hot to avoid salmonella poisoning and that the nuggets were not meant to be uh, pressed between a seatbelt and human flesh for more than two minutes. Uh, the girl's parents sued, saying that McDonald's and the franchise owner failed to adequately train employees failed to warn customers about the dangerous temperature of the food and for cooking the food to a much higher temperature than necessary. Uh, while both sides agreed the nugget caused the burns, the family's lawyers argued that the temperature was above 200 degrees, while the defense said it was no more than 160. 
Now, it's not the first time, as you and I both know, that McDonald's has been sued by customers over birds they say were caused by items on the menu. Uh, of course, the well-known case from the 1990s, Stella Lebeck of Albuquerque sued over hot coffee that spilled, and um, she received significant injuries requiring hospitalization skid grass. Um, at that time, she was awarded 160000 uh compensatory damages and 2.7 imputative damages. I, I mean, I feel very badly for the young lady that was burned, confused here, as to when we get food from any restaurant, not to have the expectation that it is going to be, and like I said, I'm not placing blame here, but of when we get food from restaurant that's, that we expect it not to be hot. Actually, I'm more shocked at a hot McNugget not to be in a joking matter, but normally when you get McNuggets, they're kind of lukewarm, if not just right. I've never heard of, like, extremely hot McNuggets. Um, I mean, should we start slapping labels on food? Pretty much anything that gets cooked and worn hay uh, could burn. I mean, do we have to now do that with food, too? I mean, I thought coffee was like, you know, when you hear about that, you think that coffee is a given. You touch it as soon as you get it, it's hot. It really shouldn't have to be a warning. I don't think we need to start that with food, but should we? But then again, I am, I, uh, okay. As Lavar has said before, commentaries are not the views of everybody on this, on the, or that are associated with the show. Um, I will be the Uber nasty woman that's old and crotchety and say although although and i have gotten nuggets that were super hot they just got out of the fryer they throw them in the box box ends up in the bag from mcdonald's i have been in a car with a child that wants their food been in a vehicle with a child that is autistic if a child your child, any child in the vehicle that you are in with the food is autistic. Just handing them a box is not appropriate. You are not being an adult at that point because children with autism, although they can be anywhere on the spectrum, they're not, you know, they're, they're anywhere on the spectrum. If you have autism, you have to be aware of what's going on. Somebody has ADHD, autism. If they're neurodivergent in any way, shape, or form, you need to be like I can't hand. Well, let's, I can now, but when kiddo was a kid, I couldn't hand her certain things because it it was automatic. You hand it to me, that means it's good for me. To, it's good good to go. I'm gonna put my hand in the bag and pull out the hot fries. I'm going to put my hand in the bag and pull out the hot nuggets. I'm going to put my hand in the bag, and if I pull out a hot nugget, the first thing I'm going to do is try to pull the hot, out the hot nugget. Oh, it's burning my fingers. It's going to drop on my lap, and now it's going to get pressed onto my skin. If I'm driving around, it's going to take a while for me to get pulled over because there's not always a place to do that. You need to be the adult. And I just I, – I, I don't like people suing companies because they don't have common sense. Like – when did common sense become an uncommon occurrence? 
Like, people are trying to outsmart common sense, and it's dumb. It's the dumbest thing, and it just it bothers me so much. You know, I think it all went back. It, it all went back to really that original story that I mentioned before about the hot coffee. I was like, yeah, it's the hot. Stella, yeah, the Stella Awards. Yeah, it, it's kind of like, hey, you know, it's hot, so caution with it. And I was like, I don't feel that we should start like slapping like labels on all this food. Be cautious, it's hot because it's. It, to me, in a way, it's kind of almost like it's not the dumbing down of America. It's almost kind of like it, it, it's we're going in a place now, like you said, common sense is common sense. You know, let's let's utilize a little bit. And to be suing these companies for situations like that where they don't know who – when they give you that food, they don't know who you're handing that to. They don't know how you're, you know, going to do this or you're giving it to your kids in a car ride or, you know, you're doing it – you're giving it to a younger child. They don't know that, you know. We have to have some responsibility for ourselves for what we do. And like I said, I don't want to, like you – know, that's a horrible occurrence that, it, that happened, but – Oh, yeah, absolutely. You, I feel so bad for the child. Yeah, let's let's use some common sense here. Uh, it, it's it's amazing. Uh, the next story here is one that could lead to something of a change at your local Apple store if you are an Apple fan. A union demand at an Apple store in Maryland could open the door to tipping by Apple customers for their in-store transactions. The request for a tipping option is one of a number of demands that the union made of the company this week, according to Bloomberg. Employees at the store in Townsend, Maryland, the first Apple store in the U.S. to form a union, are also asking for raises of as much as 10% vacation policy changes, bereavement leave, and overtime pay, among other demands. Uh, Those proposals are subject to change as negotiations between the union and Apple continue. And as things stand right now, receiving tips while working at an Apple store could result in an employee's termination. Uh, the Apple Coalition of Organized Retail Employees sent a Twitter thread this week. It says that Apple employees everywhere could tell you that they are already being offered tips by customers regularly. However, if an employee accepted even $1, it would be grounds for immediate termination. Apple didn't immediately respond to a request for comment. So the tipping system being proposed would offer tips in increments of 3%, 5%, or a custom amount customers could give, according to Bloomberg. Uh, ACOR wants to create an acceptable system that allows the occasional customer the ability to reward our team for their hard work. Uh, the negotiations with the union for the Townsend store would likely affect only that location, but a win by the union there could set a precedent for Apple stores. Uh, the Apple has opposed unionization efforts in many of its stores. In April, retail managers in 270 outlets held meetings with employees to turn them against unionization efforts. Um, so, it's hard to say when tipping could go into effect. It's a prologue back and forth between the company. The proposal is also subject to change, the union told Bloomberg, due to the long and complex nature of the negotiation process. Um, now we've reached Apple stores with tipping. <laughs> Possibly. Um, oh. Your thoughts? <laughs> Why am I a crotchety woman? I'm telling you. I'm getting old. Um, okay. The unionization of the employees is something that an employee can be part of. Fair hours, fair time off, and bereavement leave, I have no issue with at all. 
I think every company should have a robust time off system where they can actually use time and, like, not burn out their employees. I think every company should have a good bereavement system in in place. And it doesn't have to be, like, you get the month off or whatever. It can be a couple of days unless it falls within this, you know, like, you have to travel. And if you have to travel, you get four or whatever. Um, and fair board, everybody should be getting fair pay for what they do. Now, some people don't do anything, and they shouldn't get paid anything, but that's a different discussion for a different night. Tipping at a store for a person to do the job that I expect them to do when I walk in the store for no other reason than I tipping's uh, getting out of control. There was a tip jar at a vet's office. Your vet. I bring in my pets. You tell me it's okay or not okay. You give it shots and you charge me an exorbitant amount of money to get it fixed so that I don't have to worry about any other extra pets ending up in my house. Why am I tipping you? Like, tipping ends up everywhere. It's like, if you're not, I, uh, there are certain things that deserve tips. Apple Store employees, I, I don't think so. I don't think they should get, but I don't think they should have, I don't <laughs> I, yeah, tipping's getting out of control to the point now where people who, like I said, I, I realize and I know that for those who are for it, tipping, there are jobs out here that unfortunately don't pay fair wages. But the normal consumer who is already paying um, higher costs for things now, because things aren't the same as what they used to be, now kind of feel compelled that they have to tip because when they are faced with it, um, it's kind of not to stare down, but it's kind of like they're waiting for you to either press that percentage, and, and you know you don't want to look like a cheapskate, and you kind of feel a little forced that you kind of have to. But it's like, but you're already getting paid because there's a lot of us that don't get tipped for what we do. <laughs> um, and before long, it's almost—I don't want to compare it to panhandling. <laughs> But it kind of feels like it. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it. I mean, it feels like panhandling from a worker. Um, mm-hmm. Even now, when I go to baseball games, and, you know, nowadays, because everything literally is cashless, and you go and you get, like, your, you know, your hot dog or your popcorn, they – turn the little machine around to you and they're like, hey, here you go. And then you see 0% and like insanely high like tip rates. And before long, that 7 or $8 hot dog, if you even tip the least amount, now turns to almost $9, $10 because you're tipping, which turns me off even more from wanting to eat at the stadium because and what happens if you go back multiple times to different vendors? Now everybody's got their hand out asking you to pay or tip them. So that 
probably experience that would have cost you probably twenty twenty five dollars is now costing you at least ten dollars more because of tips. Mhm. It's crazy. You're already paying uh, a lot at the Apple store. <laughs> yeah. That that's the other thing. You're paying a lot, especially if you have Apple Care. Mm-hmm. You're already paying to have that store take care of you. It's like insurance. Apple Care is insurance for your Apple phone. So or your Apple product. So if you have Apple Care, take care of my product. That's why I bought the insurance for it. That's why I paid the extra money up front for it. Um the big one that I this is the one that that just tweaks my melon. I can probably talk myself into tipping even when I don't think it's appropriate, except for this one time. I ordered food for pickup from a company. Not gonna say mm-hmm. which company, but they charged me on the order a pickup fee to help no. the instead of being in sitting in down in the restaurant. So in order to pick up my food that I'm ordering online and I've paid for, I have to pay an additional fee to pick it up. Okay. Now granted, it's a lot less than a delivery fee, so I bite the bullet if I want to pick it up on the way home from work. Pay that fee. On top of that, as soon as I go to check out and it automatically adds a tip. Automatically adds an 18% tip for what? To cook the food? You would have had to cook the food regardless. <laughs> You're a restaurant. That's your job. I'm not tipping a waitress. There's no waitress involved. Now, if I was sitting down, I would definitely tip the waitress, depending on how her service was. So you know I go back and I edit that tip to basically zero, because I'm already paying you for a fee for picking it up on my own. So I'm paying for gas, paying for the food. I'm going and picking it up and doing, I'm doing the waitress's job. Tipping myself. (laughs) Jeez. That's the one that I will just, that one will never get changed. I can probably talk myself into tipping other, like, business. Like, I could probably talk myself into doing, it's like the Apple employee was just above and beyond. I could probably tip that Apple employee. Right. Wow. This one is a, this one will always be a hard no for me. Well, uh, I don't know. I'm very torn. You know, it's kind of like, you have to really be up and beyond outstanding for me to like want to do that, or you must be providing a service. But if I'm coming to you and I'm actually, you know, getting it from you and walking back to my seat, um, I don't know if I want to pay you for that. It's like, I got to pay you for me actually doing the physical stuff. (laughs) All you're doing is fixing it, which was your job. And you're handling it to me. And like you said, in your instance of where you're driving there, you're spending your gas <laughs> to go and pick it up and take it back. And I'm paying yep. you for that? I can't. I can't. And that's why I was like, we're not against tipping. Because in restaurant situations where they are providing a service or, you know, someone's doing something or somebody's gone up and beyond, yes, it's valued of a tip. But if all they did was their job, handed you whatever product that you paid for and you are either traveling back or taking it to a seat to eat 
it's too much. <laughs> so, unfortunately, it won't be the last time. We probably will talk about that. So, um, <laughs> interesting thing from what I've also saw this week. Um, this for the Associated Press, and it talks about uh, koalas. But one thing that you did not know is that Australian scientists have began vaccinating wild koalas against chlamydia in an ambitious field trial in New South Wales. That's right, chlamydia. The aim is to test the method for protecting the beloved marsupials against a widespread disease that causes blindness, infertility, and death. Uh, It's killing koalas because they become so sick that they can't climb trees to get food or escape predators, and females can become infertile. Uh, This according to a microbiologist at the University of the Sunshine Coast who helped to develop the vaccine. The scientist's initial goal is to catch, vaccinate, and monitor around half of the koala population in the Northern Rivers region of New South Wales. That means vaccinating around 50 animals. The safety and effectiveness of the single-shot vaccine, which has been designed specifically for koalas, has previously been tested by vaccinating a few hundred koalas brought to the wildlife rescue uh, centers for other afflictions. Now, scientists want to understand the impact of vaccinating a population of wild koalas. They want to evaluate what percentage of the koalas they need to vaccinate meaningfully reduce infection disease, according to uh, Phillips. The first koalas were caught vaccinated in March. The effort is expected to last about three months. Researchers use binoculars to spot koalas in eucalyptus trees. Then they construct circular enclosures around the tree bases with doors leading into cages. After a few hours or days, the koalas will eventually climb down from one tree to seek tasty leaves on another and wander into the harmless traps. It's hard to confuse a koala with uh, any other animals. They're pretty easy to spot, said Jody Wakeman, who's a veterinary care and clinical director at Friends of the Koala, which is a nonprofit that runs a wildlife hospital where the koalas are being brought for vaccination. After a checkup to make sure the animals are in good condition, the researchers administer anesthesia and shots of vaccine, then keep them under observation for 24 hours after they wake up to confirm there are no unexpected side effects. The goal is to vaccinate healthy koalas to prevent them from becoming infected with chlamydia. Before the release, the researchers mark the koalas with a dab of pink dye on their backs to ensure the same animals aren't caught twice. When the first vaccinated koala was returned to her habitat on March 9th, the scientist placed her cage at the base of a tree and opened the door. She quickly emerged and bounded up the tree trunk. Now, koalas are iconic Australian marsupials like wombats and kangaroos. They spend most of their time eating and sleeping in the trees, and their paws have two opposing thumbs to help them grasp and climb up trunks. Uh, Their wild koala populations have declined steeply in the past two decades. Uh, Last February, Australia's federal government declared koalas endangered in the eastern region of New South Wales, Queensland, and the Australian Capital Territory. Facing compounded threats from disease, habitat loss, and road collisions, koalas could become extinct by 2050 according to a 2020 assessment for the New South Wales government. Uh, around half of wild koalas in Queensland are already affected with chlamydia, scientists estimate. That is insane. And I did not know that. Um, I'm, okay. I, I, I know that my brain is not the cleanest brain in the world, and it does need a, a wash every now and again. But how... Oh. I'm actually going to tell you how. The origins of chlamydia in koalas, is it confirmed? 
but scientists believe it's likely the marsupials initially caught the disease from exposure to the feces of infected sheep and cattle. Then it spread sexually or passed from mother to offspring. When, uh, while humans and livestock infected with the bacteria that causes chlamydia can be treated with antibiotics, it's not so simple for them. Uh, the complex microbes inside the stomachs of koalas are designed to neutralize toxins in eucalyptus leaves that are their main food source. How? Because now this is we've added another animal group. I get the feces part, but now we've added another animal group that's getting a sexually transmitted. Uh, yeah, that's, cr- that's uh, crazy. Okay. I did not know that. Koalas um, are heard from a reputable source, a Australian streamer, that koalas are actually mean. They're not cute and cuddly. They're very mean. Uh, I used to. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. <laughs> couldn't tell you. Uh, sorry. <laughs> anyway, taking a look at what's trending tonight, uh, basketball pretty much is the topic of discussion here because the NBA playoffs continue. Um, and from what I understand, uh, Austin Reeves uh, is trending. Uh, he hit a half-court shot at the buzzer. Uh, with that shot, the Lakers lead the Golden State Warriors at halftime, uh, and it looks like that was 56-46. If the Lakers win, they would eliminate the Golden State Warriors uh, from the playoffs, uh, and LeBron will make his way to the conference finals, if that is to be. Uh, SmackDown's also trending. Uh, also trending tonight is uh, Toronto. Um, the... Toronto Maple Leafs lost against the upstart Florida uh, Panthers here. And with that loss, the Maple Leafs now have the record for the longest Stanley Cup final appearance drought in NHL history, uh, 55 consecutive seasons. The last time Toronto won the Stanley Cup was in 1967. Um, so they did themselves no favors tonight. Uh, also... Um, of the that is hockey, yes. Um, yeah, I'm hockey. saying they're the Cubs of the hockey. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Uh, <laughs> pretty much. Um, and then uh, also trending tonight, see, this is where I should leave this one up to you, and I'm going to get this so wrong. Uh, is it Wo-Rong? H-W-O-A-R-A-N-G? H-W-R- I guess it's for the game Tekken. Um, H-W-O-A-R-A-N-G. Uh, but uh, he is uh, back in the new uh, Tekken game. I guess he has a brand new look. So uh, they have revealed it in the gameplay trailer for that. Um, so for you Tekken fans or Tekken fans, uh, that is also trending tonight. So um, here's the deal. Uh, Coming up in mere moments, uh, we are going to have After Dark, and then we'll wrap up tonight with some things from the Smoking Gun Files. I'm trying to figure out, should we do Smoking Gun Files first, then the After Dark? Um, What time is it? That's a good question. 
Well, I mean, it depends on how clean the smoking gun files are, because sometimes they're not very good. <laughs> like, oh. I mean, they're not, you know, they're they're just as after dark as anything else. Well, okay. Well, you know what? We're, we'll, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to do the smoking gun files. We'll end the show tonight with after dark, but we're going to do smoking gun files now. Then we're going to take a quick break and then do after dark so that we'll give you time to get the kitties to bed. Smoking gun files tonight, two stories. One uh, was comes to us from Louisiana from their police blotter as a Louisiana man is behind bars after allegedly clobbering his brother in the head with a frozen bag of chicken. Uh, it's the latest in a series <laughs> of poultry-related climbs that are plaguing the nation. Tommy Bowell battered his sibling late Tuesday evening inside a mobile home they shared in Westford Row. The victim said that when he asked uh, Bowell about two windows busted out of his residence, his brother became angry and began throwing things at him. The victim said that Bowell grabbed a bag of frozen chicken out of the freezer and stuck him in the hot side of the head. <laughs> Bowell allegedly <laughs> did continue grabbing frozen foods, which he threw at his brother. The victim, who refused medical attention, requested to pursue criminal charges, uh, and his brother was busted on a misdemeanor battery count. He was locked up in lieu of $500 bond. <laughs> now, I kid you not, uh, the rap sheet includes collars for aggravated assault, uh, domestic abuse, disturbing the peace, and theft. <laughs> and then, of course, we cannot forget you, Florida, because every week you come to us with really interesting stories. This one, I Florida think... Man. We, huh? Florida man. <laughs> of course. It's a Florida man, and I think it leads directly into almost our adult after dark, because here's a tip for all of you out there. Uh, if you're planning to pleasure yourself while watching a porno on your phone while at your apartment complex's outdoor pool, here's a tip. Do not connect your advice to a Bluetooth speaker because amplified moaning will bring unwanted attention. Florida police were oh. summoned to the Palms of Clearwater Development Sunday night after a witness reported seeing a man, quote, pull his pants down and began to pleasure himself to a pornographic video on his personal cell phone. Cops identified the accused of, of person as Christopher Harris, a resident of the Palms, he's 51, uh, the Palms, which describes itself as a Mediterranean oasis, only minutes from the Clearwater beaches. Harris police noted in the arrest affidavit also connected the video to a Bluetooth speaker and began playing the video out loud as he pleasured himself. Multiple officers responding to a 911 call observed him pleasuring himself being read his rights. He reportedly admitted, quote, to playing with himself, adding that when he is intoxicated, he does quote stupid things. Harris was arrested for exposure of sexual organs, which is a misdemeanor. He was released from the county jail on his own recognizance. His rap sheet includes convictions for criminal mischief and battery. Oh my gosh. My gosh. At the pool. <laughs> There's a million jokes that we could make with that. We will <laughs> be adult. <laughs> there are so many. Yes. But we will refrain because we're going to be adults because you know why. Coming up in mere moments, it will be our um, After Dark segment. So 
You put the kids to bed. You have been forewarned. We're going to take a quick retro commercial break. After that, we've got some uh, interesting stories with the After Dark segment, so stay tuned. Mr. Clean, mighty glad to know you. I've got some weekend cleaning jobs. Come in and let me show you. My wife says, Mr. Clean, there's no one who can top you. She's never found a cleaning job that's tough enough to stop you. Let's clean this basement wall. Mr. Clean, you're on the ball. Now clean this brush for me. You're amazing, Mr. C. Let's give the car a try. Mr. Clean, you're quite a guy. He'll do kitchen sinks, laundry too. Man, there's nothing you can't Thank you, Mr. Clean. You sure did make it easier. The weekend cleaning jobs are done. Now we can have some leisure. Mr. Clean gets rid of dirt and grime and grease in just a minute. Mr. Clean will clean your whole house and everything that's in it. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. Hopefully he also cleans around perverts at pools. But, um... <laughs> I don't care. You will never stop me from loving that commercial. <laughs> See if you can clean that, Mr. Clean. Uh, <laughs> wear gloves when you do. Um, but this brings us to a portion of the program tonight where, for those of you, we do this every once in a while. We have some pretty good stories to share with you or things to talk about, which is our conversation, which is normally things of an adult nature. So if you still have the kitties with you, um, you are been forewarned. The following info or talk is that of a adult nature. Uh, so listener discretion is advised. So, so glad to put that out there. Uh, but we had a few stories uh, this past week. One was an interesting one because one was a story that I saw in the Huffington Post. This was in regards to dating. Uh, but the the tagline of the story was, I date men I'll never see again when I travel. And it's my secret to a, a great trip. Um, and pretty much the person says, dating on vacation lacks the promise of longevity, which raises the question, why do I do it? Now, at first thought, you're thinking that I'm talking about a guy, but it's not. Um, uh, this story was about uh, a woman, um, and who talked about her stories of traveling and at that point where she pretty much was saying, you know, what sense it would make to chat with, you know, a a certain guy. Um, and I think she was in, if you get me wrong, um, but she, uh, used a uh, dating de- uh, device, uh, not device, an app. app. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so on goes the story, but it also goes into an interesting survey, uh, which was from 2018 conducted by Plenty of Fish, where it said that 49% of the users have gone on a date while on vacation. Another 46% at least open their dating apps to check out local singles while visiting another city. Apparently, swiping right on vacation is a way more common practice uh, than a lot of people realize. So, you know, she goes on to talk about that, um, 
that whole thing. And it actually brought up a question is that uh, for those that do that, um, do you, I don't like, like I said, I've never used a dating app. Don't know what that's like. Um, I've never swiped right. I've never, um, you know, <laughs> gone on to see what's on these apps, but when you go to another city, but I guess questions, why, or does that actually work? Or do you see that now becoming more of a norm for, I mean, would you, well, I mean, not you, but, um, in your single days, if somebody said, Hey, I'm from out of town and I was looking for somebody to see, would you be intrigued by that? Uh, okay. I live in Las Vegas. Everybody's from out of town. Are you kidding? <laughs> so let's let's just put that there. Would I okay, let's let's answer the questions that everybody really wants to know. Would I do it? Yes. Have I done it? No. Kinda. Um, and I can I'll explain that in a little bit. See it becoming a thing. Absolutely. Um, especially if you're on an extended vacation or you're on a weekend trip. Like there's there's a there's a length of time that needs to be taken into account. Um with women if they're traveling alone, which more women are traveling alone than like with because just the way that life is, sometimes you don't have somebody that you can go with or you're not gonna I'm not going to go on vacation to Cabo with my mother. It's not going to happen. She's not uh, enjoy a Mai Tai on the beach, and it's not going to be, a, you know, we're not going to bingo. It's, it's just not happening. Um, so when women go on vacation, if they are going alone, especially if they're going on their own, Sometimes having that ex- that person, that local, being there makes that vacation more enjoyable because you're also not looking out to be, you know, you're not worried about as much. You still worry. You're not worried as much about having to keep your head on a swivel while you're supposed to be relaxing on vacation. So um, in my single days, the yes, kind of, I did, was that I knew I was going to go on vacation to a certain paradise kind of place. And as I was on the dating app, it's like, ooh, hey, this guy lives there. And we struck up a conversation prior to me being there. And it was a fun vacation. Not going to lie. Um, so, yeah, I mean... I, I, I guess it's going to become a bigger thing. I think people, there's a lot more out, there's a lot more out there where dating and relationships being longer to become, yes, I'm your person and we're each other's person only, or we're each other's partners in this polyamorous relationship or whatever kind of relationship people have. Um, but those relationships are not just standard, typical, I met you, hey, you cute, I cute, let's hang out, 
and then, you know, that that doesn't happen as much anymore. Now it's a lot of swipe right, swipe swipe left. Um, that happens. It, there's a lot more. We meet online. We talk online. We figure out whether or not you're going to bother me. And then we meet in person. There's not as many, hey, I met you in a bar and you're awesome. So, yeah. I guess I'm, yeah. I'm trying to think, you know, of going in another town and knowing that you're going to go date somebody. Like, what's the end result or what are you <laughs> what's one looking well, for? Well, that's the other thing. Yeah, that's the other thing. You have to be very honest about it. That's the one thing that why I said yes, because I, on my vacation when that happened, it was 100% full honesty, like full transparency up front. Hey, I'm on vacation. I'm not planning on moving anywhere else. I'm not planning on changing my lifestyle. I'm not planning on, you know, having you come here and live with me. This is a vacation. Hmm. And you can be part of that vacation or not. Interesting. But that open honesty has to happen in order for (laughs) it to work. Otherwise, it turns into, you know, well, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But I met her. She was my girl. She (laughs) was my girl. That too. Um, But uh, also, speaking of sneaky links, um, Situationship, this for the AP. <laughs> yeah. Sneaky links, the talking stage, the flirtatious getting to know you phase, typically done via text, that can lead to a hookup. High school students are having less sexual intercourse. That's what the studies say. But that doesn't mean they're having less sex. Uh, the language of young love and lust and the actions behind it are evolving, and the shift is not being adequately captured in national studies, experts say. Uh, for years, studies have shown a decline in the rates of American high school students having sex. That trend continued, not surprisingly, in the first years of the pandemic, according to a recent survey by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The study found that 30% of teens in 2021 said that ever had sex, down from 38% in 2019, and a huge drop from three decades ago when more than half of teens reported having sex. The Associated Press took the findings to teenagers and experts and uh, pretty much around the country to ask for their interpretation. Parents, uh, some of the answers may surprise you. The meaning of sex depends on who you ask. For starters, what is the definition of sex? Uh, One young lady, Rose, who's a a junior at a New England high school, said, that's a good question. She thought about it for 20 seconds, then listed a range of possibilities for heterosexual sex, oral sex, and relations between same-sex or LGBTQ partners. On her campus, short-term hookups, known as situationships, are typically low commitment and high risk from both health and emotional perspectives. There are also sneaky links when you hook up in secret and don't tell your friends. I have a feeling a lot more people are, quote, unquote, having sex, just not necessarily between a man and a woman. For teens today, the conversation about sexuality is moving from a binary situation to a spectrum And so are the kinds of sex people are having. And while the vocabulary around sex is shifting, the main question on the CDC survey has been worded the same way since the government agency began its uh, biannual study in 1991. Have you ever had sexual intercourse? Honestly, that question is a little laughable, says K-18, who identifies as queer and attends a public high school near Lansing, Michigan. 
There's probably a lot of teenagers who are like, no, I've never had sexual intercourse, but I've had other kinds of sex. The AP agreed to use teenagers' first or middle names for the article because of a common concern expressed about backlash at school, at home, and on social media. And it was very interesting to see, you know, the difference in this and how sexual identity is evolving. Several experts say that CDC findings could signal a shift in how teen sexuality is evolving with gender fluidity becoming more common along with the decrease in stigma about identifying as not heterosexual. They point to another finding in this year's study that found that the proportion of high school kids who identify as heterosexual dropped to about 75% down from about 89% in 2015 when the CDC began asking about sexual orientation. Meanwhile, uh, the share who identified as lesbian, gay, or bisexual rose to 15%, up from 8% in 2015. Um, and one creative director of the Michigan Organization of Adolescent Sexual Health said, I wonder if you were in the room when the questions were being created, how they would be worded differently. Uh, sex is just one of the topics covered by the CDC study called the Youth Risk Behavior Survey, one of the main sources of national data about high school students on a range of behaviors. It's conducted every two years. It asks about 100 questions on topics including smoking, drinking, drug use, bullying, carrying guns, and sex. And more than 17,000 students at 152 public and private high schools across the country responded to the survey. And, you know, I could go more into this in regards to uh, what was found. Uh, one question out of it was, is less teen sex good news? Now, behind the semantics or beyond the semantics, there are multiple theories on why the reported areas of high school sex have steadily declined and what it might say about American society. Uh, one says, I imagine some parents are rejoicing in some are concerned, and I think there's probably good cause for both, according to the co-director of the National Center for School Mental Health. Um, but what we don't know is what this means for the trajectory of young people. Uh, this year's decrease, which is the sharpest drop ever recorded, clearly had a lot to do with the pandemic, which kept kids isolated, cut off from friends, and immersed in social media. Even when life started returning to normal, many kids felt uncomfortable with face-to-face -face interaction and found their skills in verbal communication had declined. The survey also conducted, well, the survey was conducted in the fall of 2021. Uh, just as many K-12 students returned to in-person classrooms. Several teens interviewed said that when schools reopened, they returned with intense social anxiety, compounded by fears of catching COVID. That added a new layer to pre-pandemic concerns about sexual relations, like getting pregnant or catching STIs. Uh, they were more concerned about getting sick or catching a disease. And another fear is the prying eyes of parents, says a college student who wonders if helicopter parenting has played a role in what she calls the babyfication of our generation. Uh, she knows students in college whose parents monitor their whereabouts using tracking apps. Parents would get push notifications when their students left dorms and returned home to dorms. She also notices a general sense of disillusionment in her generation. She cites statistics that fewer teenagers today are getting driver's licenses. I think she says there's a correlation between students being able to drive and students having sex. Another cause for declining sex rates could be easy access to online porn, experts say. By the age of 17, three-quarters of teenagers have viewed pornography online with the average age of first exposure at 12. Porn is becoming sex ed for young people, uh, according to a New York-based sex education teacher. 
She says pornography shapes and skews adolescent ideas about sexual acts, power, and intimacy. You can rewind, fast forward, play as much as you want. It doesn't require you to think about how the person is feeling. Uh, There's also things about the evolving definition of consent. Several experts said they hoped the decline could be partly attributed to a broader understanding of consent and an increase in comprehensive sex education being taught in many schools, which has become a target in ongoing culture wars. Unlike the abstinence-only programs, the lessons include discussion on understanding healthy relationships, gender identity, sexual orientation and preventing unplanned pregnancies, and sexually transmitted infections. Um, were you surprised about some of the things you saw in this study? Because times are different. When you and I were growing up, you know, the Internet wasn't, and I think that kind of has a lot to do also with some of the things, because for better or for worse, the Internet as a tool, uh, a lot of us probably our first experience with, like, sex was probably seeing somebody's Playboy or something inadvertently on TV, you know? Mm-hmm. We didn't see porn because it rarely, I mean, you had to go to a video store to, like, literally get that. It wasn't on TV, you know, besides your normal, like, movie that had a sex scene or HBO or Showtime after 11 o'clock at night if you had cable at those times. But I think the pandemic kind of shook up a lot of stuff in regards to teenagers and what they do. I mean, helicopter parenting could be another thing, too, with tracking your kid. You know, now you can't do what you used to do. Um, right. You got to be pretty good at it. I don't know. You know, it, there's a lot of different factors in there. I don't think people don't want to have sex. I think, I guess it's glad if you're more educated about it at that point. I don't know. It's different times for everybody. Um, I, I kind of think even for adults in this post-COVID world, I remember in the first few months, um, People were kind of like reluctant to go on dates for fear that uh, they might get sick, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And like I said, sex is now everywhere. Um, taking what you've seen from that, do you think that also could kind of counter-relate to, to adults? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that, you're right on all those those statements. I think that there's a healthy way to to. I think it's a good thing and a bad thing. I guess is where I'm going with this. It's a good thing because they are more educated about um, sex and sexual acts and just on its own what sex really means, consent, um, what consent really is. Um, a lot more education going into it, including. And I'm not against, oh, my gosh, I'm not against porn. Like, it's there for a reason. It's 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 like it's like prostitution being the oldest, you know, oldest profession. People are voyeuristic to whether you say you are or not. Everybody people watches for something. Some people people watch about sex. Other people people watch about people falling downstairs. It's the same thing. We're all voyeuristic, um, just different levels. Thing against porn, I actually don't even have a problem with teenagers watching porn as long as 
there is education about porn. Because porn is porn is a movie. Porn is Lord of the Rings naked. That's what it is. It's it finds Middle Earth. You're not going to find this woman that's doing those things and saying those lines and being sincere. That is a, it is a fantasy. And as long as that education happens, I'm not against it. Um, Same thing, like kiddo, um, her friend group, it ranges from we've got the rainbow and those conversations that I've been able to eavesdrop on, insanely hilarious in my mind, but then also thought-provoking. It's like, wow, you guys really do talk about these things, and there is a lot of anxiety. There is a lot of, like, fear. There is a lot of, like, okay, well, what happens if? And then on top of that, all the education that's coming out. So it does make sense that they may not be traditionally having sex the way that a definition from the 70s would have. It's just like they don't traditionally watch TV the way that the 70s TV services, et cetera. So we have to adjust as the time goes. Maybe that number is skewed because of definition. Um, helicopter parenting, I hate that so much. It's like you need to let go <laughs> at some point your child to learn to be adult. Yeah. Like, okay, they're eight. Yeah, helicopter parent, they're eight. That's parenting. That's not helicopter parenting. That's right. parenting. They're 17. Mm, maybe you need to dial it back. They're in college. You need to shut it off. They're an adult. Right. Okay? They're over 18 at that point. Legally and adults. Um, so, yeah, there's – that needs to be updated. But, yes, trend is going to be more – I think it's a good thing that it's trending this way because it's making people actually look at it and go, ooh, maybe we do need to adjust what we're asking and really understand what's happening. I don't know. My yeah, no, I agree with How you. About you? It, it pretty- no, I agree with you because, I mean, like I said, I've never, I mean, I'm not a parent. I don't know what it's that stress is like, but from everyone that I've seen, you know, they pretty much, at a certain point, they, I think that a lot of the things that have happened specifically in the last four years at least has changed um, sex, by the way, of the Lord of the Rings porn parody, I think is available online. Um, <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you can't escape it because whether you're on social media or whether you are on either Twitter or on even Instagram and somewhere else, sex is there. Um, I would hope that people are a lot more smarter than they were at different points and in different generations. Um, if it is a, like I said, I think that the term sex, just as the article stated, is now defined in different ways. Now, that's the scary part for me as to what people consider sex because sex is sex. <laughs> I mean, we can't um, – that's where I kind of like, eh, okay, well, if 
someone entered something into somewhere, um, that's counting as sex. If someone put their mouth somewhere, that's kind of a part of sex. It's, it's sex. <laughs> so mm. I, I do know from religious standpoints that there are things that's not considered sex. We've talked about that on this show before. <laughs> yes. um, but if you are in the act of something with someone and you're both naked and there's things touching and uh, kind of sex. <laughs> there's no way for to butt around it. So here's, here's where I get to play devil's advocate now. Uh-oh, so I you said, you know, you're both naked and things are touching things that don't normally get touched. The back of my knees don't normally get touched. I still have socks on and a bra. Is that not sex? Uh, that's not where I was going with that, but if you want me to get graphic. But that, I, <laughs> I know where you were going with it, and, and that's what I'm saying. <laughs> using, the word, using the term sex right now, is, I, I, think it's, it's, I think it needs to stop. Like, okay, yeah, we have, like, the traditional, you know, traditional definition of sex is intercourse. And that can be intercourse between a man and a man, a man and a woman, a woman and a woman, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So intercourse usually involves penetration of some sort mm-hmm. with genitalia. And that's, yeah. that's the traditional definition of intercourse. See, look at me being, like, actually not saying bad words. Oh, look, at, look at you the being all Dr. Ruth tonight. <laughs> right? The traditional <laughs> definition of sex. But phone sex. Nothing's touching nothing. All I'm doing is moaning and groaning on one end, and he's moaning and groaning on the other, or she, or whoever. Is that sex? People well, see, that's that. what people call that. I mean, I don't even think of that as a, uh, as a sex in my mind, or in your mind, is like you said, of that. And I think that's the question. We're not saying we're not saying hey phone sex phone sex that was something that was invented back in the eighties by nine hundred numbers or whatever you wanted to do. Right, it's not, but it's we more know that's not sex. More common today. You're absolutely correct, but it's absolutely more common. Video chatting and masturbating on either end. Like it doesn't even have to be both ends of the, the video chat. Maybe you know whatever. That's more common now than it was back when 900 numbers came out. So now I'm going to go even one more step. I'm going to go one more step because I'm going to take take what you just said. So if a married person does that, it's not sex. Is that cheating? See, I would say it was cheating. (laughs) I would say it was cheating because to me, Again, not the traditional definition of sex. I'm, I'm doing air quotes like you can see my fingers. Um, <laughs> traditional forms of sex. But I think like a video call or a video chat or a chat room or that kind of thing where sexual acts are described and used to bring someone to arousal and or climax. But it wasn't yes, sex. <laughs> and I wasn't near them. I wasn't near them. Tell you, touched each other. In my world, though, and I'm going to keep it very, I'm going to keep it very specific. In my world, 
you've broken my trust. So this is where we talk mm-hmm. about the whole thing of sex and the definitions and what it means. Right, 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 right. No, and I understand that 100%, 100%, But yeah, that's that's where that's why I'm like the the survey although great, I'm glad that they're doing the survey and I'm glad that that number is dropping for all the reasons, PIs, unwanted pregnancies, just education, anxiety, uh, people actually respecting consent. I'm glad that the number is dropping for that. All the reasons why. But I'm 100% sure that we need to really look at definitions that they're using for the word. It's three letters. For a three-letter word to mean so many different things to so many different people. And I think that they do need to, like, focus that better and update it for what's going on today. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting what everyone thinks of their perception of the word sex because, like you said, it's different things. But, like you said, turn it around because if you don't think that phone sex is sex, but if you're married, you have phone sex, it's not sex, is it? You didn't do mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. You just talked to somebody. Or if you were online, you didn't really have sex with them. You weren't in the same room. You didn't do anything to them. But is that, quote, a defense of someone saying, well, I didn't sleep with them. It's not, you know, I didn't have sex with them. I, all we did was just something online. Mm-hmm. It's where it could open up yeah. a lot of different interpretations. Pandora's box. That is yes. a Pandora's box, and I 100% agree with you. Yes. Um and I don't know, you know, what the current thing with the young generation is, but, you know, for us older generations, it used to be sex, but it was in different, uh, we used it in baseball terms, whether you got the first base, second base, third base, <laughs> or all the way. <laughs> now that's changed. So it's very confusing. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, final <laughs> story tonight that actually caught my eye here. This came from the dependent out of the U. This was about an American couple who post videos about their life on their joint TikTok account. Uh, Rachel Casillas and her husband Antonio, uh, who are from Utah, uh, she revealed that she doesn't mind sharing her husband with thousands of women online who constantly thirst over him. She says it's a huge compliment. Uh, They post videos about their life on their joint TikTok account where they have 120,000 followers and 5.1 million likes across their videos. The married couple also have four kids together, ranging in age from uh, from 1 to 13. They typically share clips of their family life, but now and again, she will tease hot videos of her husband to the world, and women certainly love it. Since doing this, Antonio has been branded TikTok's husband, and people can't seem to get enough of him and his wife Rachel doesn't mind the attention at all. She says, I definitely knew that people would find him just as attractive as I did. Uh, And so she said she wasn't surprised by all the comments that people leave in our videos and posts. They don't bother me much. It's just one of those things where you uh, do have to laugh or take it as a compliment. It's always nice to know that you married a genuinely good-hearted person and that he has the looks to match it. He's handsome, sweet, kind, hardworking, and such an amazing husband and dad. In one of the videos, he can be seen on the family's farm feeding some piglets, leaving TikTokers hot under the collar. Uh, one said, 
may I please have a crush on your husband? Um, another one wrote, sis, your husband is fine. You go, girl. Another one said, is you have a brother or maybe father that's single? I'm 50. And one said, seems he's extremely good at making tongues wag. Um, surprisingly, despite all the positive praises online, she says that Antonio thinks he's just a, quote, average guy. She says, I've had people stop him and ask her if they could take pictures with him. We think it's hilarious. He's such a humble guy. He thinks he's just an average guy, so he thinks it's funnier than anything. But we all know that there's nothing average about him, and he's all mine. I'm really lucky to have him. Uh, sadly, however, the couple have received some negative comments, too, but simply chose to ignore it. Uh, she added, I think when you post and put yourself out there, you're always going to get a few people that show up to their opinionated and like to find the negative things where there isn't any. Luckily, we're both pretty good at not caring too much about that and choose to focus on all the love and support people have for the content we share and for us as a couple and our family. A lot of people think we're into ourselves, but that's not the case. Just definitely head over heels, still in love with each other. So I'm going to keep posting about it and, not, and let everyone know how important it is to still find those qualities within your partner that give you those butterflies long after you're married. Date your spouse, have fun with each other, laugh together, spend time as a family making memories and enjoy the life you have. I don't take it at all for granted. I'm blessed. Now, while that's all good, well and good, it brought up to mind the question here. Um, you have a spouse that gets those type of compliments uh, and has a lot of other people lusting over them. Um, does that make you worried, jealous, or indifferent? It depends on your relationship with your self. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to step back here. Every person has a crush on somebody else's spouse. Every single person in this world has a crush on somebody else's spouse. If you ever lustfully look at or dream about or say, yeah, I'd have his baby or I, if she wanted my kids, by all means, or she, she said, I need to have a husband, I'll sign up for that. For anybody that's a celebrity, you've just done that. Now, granted, these are quote-unquote real people. But in a single that you're lusting after, which is hard to say in Hollywood anymore, or, you know, politics or whatever, you've lusted after somebody's spouse. And that spouse has to either deal with that because they have a great spouse or move on. And I think as long as you and your spouse or you and your partner are secure in your relationship, that that's just, that's where it's going to end. Then celebrate it. Yeah. Like, dude, you got a good looking one. Bravo. I, I, I am not, I guess I'm just, I, I ain't too proud. Um, I'm not one to normally say like, hey, whatever, but there's been times when it's like, girl, like, you done good. And I'll say that to the wife. Be like, you done good. That, 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 you done good. And then it's done. Like, 
I had my impure thoughts about your husband for five seconds. I congratulated you for having a great husband. And, man, I'm a little envious that you got him. And then I've moved on. But that's because I'm an adult. They have to have security in their relationship to be able to handle that. And if they can't, then that's saying more about their relationship than it is saying about me lusting after them. Now, if you take that step too far and you're not an adult, that's on you. Like, if you're going to go out there and be like, girl, I need to have your husband. I'm going to call him. What's his number? Like, let's do this. Now you're pushing it. But you know that there are some women like that out there who will push that envelope or be a little too Mm -hmm. (laughs) touchy-feely when that happens. In those cases, you have every right to be like, lady, step step off my man. You have every right to do so. And here's a huge button that statement. If you are secure in your relationship and you and your husband understand what's going on, or you and your spouse, or you and your, your partner understand what's going on, normally when somebody gets handsy like that, the spouse, the partner, the husband, the wife are usually the first people to be like, look, he's no touchy. It takes a lot of strength. Um, within the relationship. If it was something in the early parts of a relationship, it would be a lot harder than if you were married and established. Um, Because I think it depends on where you're at. Because if you're just a few months in or less than a year in, and you know that your significant other still gets a lot of attention, I would have to think that that would be very hard to not get jealous or have, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? To not, not I wouldn't say fears, but um, to have reservations about. Um, because of the fact that all of these people who are fighting over them when you're in a newer relationship, granted, you know, you hope that that person's good, but it's because they still are, I guess, they don't know what they have and that they're looking at every option like you're looking at a dessert cart. (laughs) Um, And that's vice versa, (laughs) whether it's men or women. You know, know, I know like some women – Probably are like, hey, look at all these guys giving me attention. Some giving me more attention than the others. And if you slip up and don't give them that attention, then they'll be like, well, you just weren't giving me attention like other people were. Some people fish for it a lot. Um, And they love it. And the one person that stumbles over themselves to give them that attention, especially the early stages of a relationship, they'll look more at that one than who they're already with. Um, I've seen it happen. But think if you've been married for a little bit or if you're in a like long-term relationship you deal with the punches and uh, everything else that comes with it because you already know but I would think and and I would have to admit that would be very hard for me to have someone that gets a lot of attention for um specific things or you know uh looks or whatever else because you kind of feel at the end of the day that you know, and all the attention that that person's getting, that 
you're kind of fighting for the same attention. <laughs> um, and I'm pretty sure women feel the same way on the opposite end. Um, mm-hmm. And then have bits or probably pieces of self-doubt about the relationship because they're thinking that, hey, you know, they're paying attention to all that, soaking it up. And what happens if the right person comes along to really get his attention? What happens next? I think it all depends on where you're at and how strong your relationship is. Yes, absolutely. So interesting. Hundred um, percent, absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, it would be like if you were. I mean, I would. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. If I was dating, like. I think it's even harder. That's why I was like, I feel so bad at times for like uh, like models or even adult stars. It's hard to date mm-hmm. because you have to be a really special person to like, like just really confident that, you know, you can handle what comes with it. Um. Because here you have millions of people who are, you know, lusting over, you know, whoever and think that they still have a shot, even if they are with somebody else. You've got some pretty bold people out here now, now who you could tell them that you're seeing somebody and they'll be like, and, you know, it doesn't stop them. Yeah, yeah. And that's scary. But that comes back to, that comes back to you have to be in, like your relationship with that person, whoever that is, you need to be able to to be able to trust for that. That's the basis of it. And this, in this case, they're married, so they have like they've got their trust and they've got their their whatever. Um, and I'm sure that they have to go through like, okay, this is what's going to get posted, and they, these are the comments we're getting in. And just kind of heads up on this. And I'm sure that that comes up. With that being said, you know, you have to, you have to be ready. I guess you got to be ready for that if you're going to be doing it. Does that make sense? Like if you're going to be dating right. somebody, you kind of almost have to have that ready to go. Right. Well, with that, the clock is telling us that we're just about out of time. Uh, before we wrap things up here tonight, did you have any shout-outs at all? Happy Mother's Day to everybody. That is a mom, a dad being a mom, um, stepmoms, grandparents that are being moms, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, however you identify. So that's number one. Number two, happy birthday. To my favorite nephew in the world, I know he's my only nephew, but he's still my favorite. Um, he's <laughs> so happy birthday. He he's becoming a teenager, and I'm oh, getting wow. old because I remember when he was still a squishy, 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 squishy face. So happy birthday to him. Um, and then thank you, Nintendo, for Tears of the Kingdom. I it's been a very long time in the making and I'm so happy you took the time to do it. Those are my thoughts today. Well, I definitely know your plans for this weekend. Um yes. But uh happy Mother's Day to you. Uh and happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Happy Mother's Day to my mom. Um and 
yeah, it's uh shout out to all of you who uh who keep it down. Um and we thank you for that. Uh it can never be enough thanks or can't pay you back, but thank you to all the moms out there. So uh but with that, uh the like I said, the clock on the wall is telling us we're just about out of time. So uh, next Friday night, uh, stay tuned. We hope to be with you. Um, I know it will <laughs> be a little bit of a busy week next week for me. I, I am hoping that I am well enough to be with you next Friday night. Um, so if we are, of course, at uh, 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central, uh, thanks for staying up late with us a little bit tonight. Um, but uh, we thank you, as always, for your support. Catch this as a podcast wherever you can find your podcast, whether it be Apple, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. And, of course, you can catch me throughout the week uh, over on Twitter at NewsCometBTR. Um, but thank you so much. Enjoy your weekend wherever you're at. Uh, spring is with us. Temperatures are going on the upward swing. It's not as cold anymore. So enjoy it and be safe. Uh, and, you know, like I said, I'm now going to incorporate it because I think it bears without pe- repeating. Uh, take care of yourself and each other. And thank you for listening to page one. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. You know, I told you people something a long time ago, and it's just as pertinent today as it was then. Ladies and gentlemen, take my advice. Pull down your pants and slide on the ice. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Page One. Don't forget to get the latest show info on Twitter at NewsCommentBTR and add us as a podcast on Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and other platforms where we can be found. 